KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. So I think we all knew that the unemployment numbers were going to be incredibly alarming and ugly. But I think it's one thing to have the idea of that. And that it's another thing to see an unemployment rate at 14.7%, which really kind of takes your breath away when you kind of see it on, on paper. So once again, a lot to talk about with regards to economic fallout from the pandemic. And as we do every week, wanted to check in with David Fiorenza, professor of the practice at the Villanova School of Business, get his thoughts on everything going on in the world of the American economy. Give a listen. All right. So as we're talking here about an hour and a half ago, the unemployment rate was released 14.7 percent, 20 and a half million jobs lost in April, uh, both post-World War II records. So are we now dealing with numbers that kind of draw us back to the Great Depression? We certainly are. We're getting towards that point. I have never seen this in my lifetime. And uh, I think that these numbers are are going to slow down a little bit, but I still think in the next few weeks, you're still going to see a large unemployment numbers being released. You think we've hit bottom or do you, you think there's still a little more to go? We've hit bottom for some people. Um, when people see numbers in the millions, uh, they still get upset and nervous and I can't blame them, but I think we've hit bottom in terms of we're on the other side of the hill, we're on the roller coaster, we're going down. But that doesn't mean that we're out of the water yet because of the fact that the labor force participation rate has been declining as well. This is something we started to hear more and more about. Uh, for people that aren't familiar, what is the labor force participation rate? Well, basically, to put it in layman's term, the labor force participation rate is the rate of the number of people working jobs in the United States. It's basically uh, not our entire workforce, but it's those who are participating in working jobs currently. Is there a point in the labor force participation rate, a percentage that if it, if it dips below that, people really start to get worried? I'm not sure what that number is, but it has dipped down to 60% labor force participation rate. And at the height of our economic expansion, it was between 63 and 64%, which was a very good number. Uh, you're never going to have 100% participation because people uh, move from one city to another or people take off time to take care of, 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 of children or adults, um, you know, their parents, let's say. But there's you want the participation rate to be around 63 to 65% during good economic times. One thing that was interesting, and correct me if I'm not reading this correctly, but average hourly earnings were actually up almost 5% from last month, almost 8% from last April. I mean, I think if at first people hear that and think it's good news, but doesn't it actually kind of show us that the job losses and layoffs are, are hammering the low end of the scale? Your analysis is correct. There's a couple things happening, Matt. One is the fact that the hospitality, tourism, service industry are those jobs where people are not being paid the higher wages. Second, what has happened, some employers have, have to attract people back to 
to work or new employees uh, to tell them that it's safe, uh, they're going to be paying two to three, even four dollars more an hour for people to get them back into the workforce, whether that's packaging jobs, whether that's in places like grocery stores. Uh, so there's two things occurring right there. Again, the people that have lost the jobs are unfortunately at the lower end of the pay scale. And I see companies, at least for the short term, paying a little bit more wages from now till maybe July or August. And they're hoping that, that they call it pandemic pay or hazard pay, if you will. We are starting to see some states open for business, some states going a lot further than others. But overall, in the economic, I know everybody wants to get back to work and get the economy going. That's obviously a goal for everybody. But doesn't it kind of hurt things if, say, people open businesses, but the public isn't ready to go out? And doesn't that have the potential to kind of make things worse because then people, businesses are spending money but not bringing it in? It could because I do know a lot of businesses that are spending anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars to prepare their businesses to open from salons to restaurants uh, to all kinds of places where there is a high traffic area of people. And it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, Matt, has to do with consumer confidence. Um, Various polls saying 50 percent of people are ready to go out. 50 percent are not ready to go out. So uh, and these restaurants are not going to operate at 100 percent they're going to operate anywhere between 25 and 50 so their margins are even less now at this point and and even retail stores is more of a curbside pickup so uh, you need to get the confidence back in the in the people and that's going to take longer than one to two weeks as these places start to open up in the tri-state area there's been a lot of government legislation several packages the cares package cares to uh I know when that first direct cash payment to to people went out, I think a lot of people thought that there would be another one at some point. We haven't seen that, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bipartisan support going in that way. Are you kind of surprised by that, and do you think we need another one of those injection packages? Well, just knowing what the public sector deals with in terms of trying to get things accomplished um, on a bipartisan basis, I wasn't surprised that that at this point, there's not much support for it. Uh, as we said before, it's hard to continue to do these types of um, relief programs, if you want to call it that, you want to call it stimulus programs, uh, because of the fact that we're going to be looking at the debt levels and uh, not just the state levels and counties and cities, but the federal level. And that's going to fall on the people who are who are younger than, than me in years to come to pay. So I think with the Federal Reserve, coming out with lots of uh, programs and they still have programs available for businesses if businesses want to borrow. I think the lowering of the interest rates really helped from zero to a quarter percent. I think the first stimulus was good. uh, I did notice savings rates went up. People actually uh, from month to month saved an additional 5%, which that part surprised me, especially people who have to pay bills. Now, that says that people are not consuming as much. They're not spending as much. So we're going to see a large dip in the second quarter of our gross domestic product. Another story that came out in addition to jobs numbers in the last 24 hours, uh, Neiman Marcus declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Do you think we're going to see a lot more of this well-known brands that – that had been struggling, this is going to accelerate a demise? 
I think it will. And this just didn't start yesterday or a, a month before with places like Neiman Marcus. Great, great store, great merchandise. This actually started years ago with, I'm going to say, the Internet. I'm not blaming the Internet, but online shopping, even though Neiman Marcus does have an online component, it, it's very hard to compete with online. It's very hard to compete with someone coming to your door, ringing your doorbell, waving to you, and your product's right there. Uh, now, uh, also, I think in general, things have changed throughout the years, the way we shop. People have shopped on home shopping networks like QVC and other places, and they've shopped online, uh, maybe going to smaller boutiques, maybe uh, other kinds of things that are different than the traditional shopping the way my mother did in the 1960s and 70s. I just, I just keep coming back to the fact commercial real estate is going to be look completely different a year from now, isn't it? It is, and my concern about that is that uh, commercial real estate, as well as uh, the retail industry, places that maybe had lots of retail stores and those large stores, maybe in Neiman Marcus or someone else that closed down, it, you're not going to get warehousing to go in there because the square footage is so high. And even commercial real estate, where we have large clusters of commercial real estate of high-end uh, class A office space, if those places close, again, you're not going to see warehousing go in there because they can't afford to go into those types of areas. People have said, well, maybe Amazon could put some drop shipping and handling there. It's probably not going to work in their business plan because Amazon works uh, on low cost. So there's going to be a concern of the clusters of areas. Uh, can we keep these buildings open, especially now when people are getting a little bit used to tele commuting, working from home. I don't think people are going to go back to work five days a week. They may go back to work three or four in the office or two, but even the office environment is going to change because of COVID-19. And as we usually do as we're winding things up, uh, what are you keeping an eye on that maybe isn't a headline right now, but could be over the next couple of weeks? Well, I'm still keeping an, an eye on the, the local scene, the, the, the tri-state area. How are we going to ensure our Main Street businesses are going to survive in the small towns? How are we going to maintain our arts and creative economy that we have? A, a, a large part of our economy is the arts and the culture in Philadelphia. And how are we going to protect our less advantaged communities? Um, I know. And how are we going to prepare our large-scale civic assets, such as our stadiums, convention centers, and arenas for sports and concerts and other events. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 